Welcome to 51 First Dates. I'm Liza. And I'm Kimmy. And we are doing an experiment. And talking about dating. And love. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Cheers. Cheers. Ooh. <laughs> oh, oh, so dainty. Hi, everybody. I'm Liza. And I'm Kimmy. And this is 51 First Dates, the podcast. Thank you for being here, along with our for, beverages. Actual for, beverages. Yes. Uh, I switched to water because I accidentally had, uh, like, one and a half too many drinks at dinner for a Sunday night, but it's okay. I made We're myself like- a miniature margarita because I did all my homework. <laughs> I mean, I think that's an excellent Sunday night vibe. It's a good Sunday night vibe. How are you all? How, is it, how are you feeling? I wish we how could are, hear back. How was you guys a Sunday night? <laughs> Yeah, write it in the secret Facebook group. While we're on that topic, thank you for joining it. Um, Lots of fun posts. Actually, really want to bring up a post that is maybe my favorite post yet. Well, wait. First, we have to celebrate. We hit 1,000 members officially of our secret Facebook group. We hit 1,000 members, and I think think that I I might have um, a source of those 1,000 members. So my very favorite post in the secret Facebook group, I have to find it, but did you see this, Liza? Um... Someone got a recommendation to our podcast through their therapist. Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> yes, I literally read this. Like I got the alert, and I was I check. You know, I check the Facebook group every day and read things, and um, I got it, and I was so excited, and I immediately like I was in bed. It was like the end of the night, and I read it, and I got out of bed to go to the living room to tell Jeff because I was so excited. Which me, for me, getting out of bed is like the pinnacle of like me being excited about something. Um, I found it. I'm gonna read it. So amazing. Last week, my therapist gave me homework to start with going on at least one first date a month. When I said that was simply impossible, she recommended the pod and sent me off into the apps. And then it says, dating hasn't been as terrible as I thought, and it's far less scary with Kimmy and Liza pseudo walking me through it. Cheers, y'all. Which is really sweet. Yay. That makes me so fucking happy. Also, like, if you're this girl's therapist, shoot us a DM on Instagram or something. I just want to say hi. My first thought was, like, is it? Is it our, my therapist and your, well, now your therapist. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. I should ask her tomorrow. (laughs) Liza and I saw the same therapist. If you're new to the pod, you might be like, what's going on here? But basically, you know, this is is really exciting. We love therapy and we love making dating a positive thing. So this was like, yay, all at once. And I was- A therapist validating us at all is like one of the most exciting things to ever happen to me. I know. And I was telling someone this story and they looked at me like one a month was hard. And it was like, they're not a person who goes on a lot of dates. I was like, yeah, one a month can be really hard. You don't go on one a month. So like, you know, it's like, I think a lot of people are like, you can't do that. But it's so easy to be like, apps are dumb. Apps are exhausting. My schedule is crazy. Like, I just think, yeah. Especially if you're starting from zero. Like, if you don't date, the idea of going on one date a month does seem like a lot. It does. It's intense. You have to find a person, meet them, like them, be attracted to them, make plans with, like, converse with them, make plans with them. That's a lot of stuff with a stranger. It is. And it, yeah, just finding them takes time. You know, that was always a time suck for me. And I don't know. I think once a week is truly hard because when I was doing this experiment, so, or a project, whatever, we've ceased calling it a dating experiment to not seem so scientific. Um... But I feel like, yeah, it was really hard to get a date a week. And that's just normal, you know, unless you're like a supermodel with a very open schedule. Um, (laughs) But it's possible. Like, and I think having a goal that you can orient yourself towards is really helpful. It was helpful for me. I'm in the first like really serious, like really feeling full relationship of my life. And it's because I started going on dates and like figuring out what I wanted, which I think in my case was like, something a lot easier than I thought I was looking for, something that felt really natural, something where someone definitely liked me back and wanted to be around me versus yeah. like, you know, always going after things that were like sort of in between, ooh, you know, all that. Totally. And not to be too spoilery, but I feel like uh, the we've had a bunch of people who we've like started on this experiment, people you've heard from, people you haven't heard from, like friends, mm-hmm. whatever, and a lot of them are now in relationships with people they met dating. Like, I do think that if you get into a mentality of, like, I am dating, it is part of my, like, I go to work, I work out, I have this hobby, and I date. Like, like if you if you add it to your rotation of, like, these are the things that I do with my time, 
I really like am starting to believe that it works out if you like do it with intention. Yeah, no, I, I'm fully on board with that because I mean, we started like for me, that was like not just doing it, but let's do a podcast around it too because I'm a loser who needs, you know, <laughs> needs a different path to fame every day. But, but I think like if you're just joining us, like my first take on what is this podcast? 51 First Dates. Oh, does some girl think her dating life is just so interesting? She has to talk about it all the time. And like, no, that's not our goal here at all. We keep it anonymous. We we won't talk about a date today because Kenny, our new dater, isn't on. And then we were going to have Katie, an old favorite dater, come back. But she is sick. Feel better, Katie. Like, can't She's even speak. So Ill and has very little voice. And we had a very... She's, she was really excited about being on too. She's been like asking to come on because, which is the best because usually I'm like, feel like I'm begging her, but she's very into it. So she was disappointed, um, but she's very raspy voice. I made the mistake of calling her while we were texting and she picked up and I was like, okay, got it. Never mind. You are excused. Yeah. You are excused. Absolutely. Yeah. Excused. You um, sound bad. But yeah, this is about, you know, we really, we recently had to do something to kind of like help pitch ourselves a little bit better and it was like interesting trying to sit down and think about like what we're trying to do here and it's like definitely like not only whine about worst first dates that we really appreciate you guys sending those in and keep sending them in it sounds like we're begging for them but it's because you're not putting them in the email you're putting them in the secret facebook group no just kidding you're putting them in the email and the secret facebook group but we want you to keep doing that because we're really lazy about digging back into the email and sometimes we forget if we read it or not and we're getting we're gonna work on that Yes, we need like an intern, basically. We we do. (laughs) Tell us what we've done and haven't done. But in the absence of that, like, um, you know, if you've sent a worst first date into our email, maybe just reply on that thread and give it a bump. And um, if you haven't, please send us your worst first date stories, your worst any date stories, your weird date stories, your funny date stories, your best date stories. Just like anything dating like that's if you're new that's what we're about we're about talking about dating all of the miserable and wonderful things about it and like looking at dating in a new way so we try to be like dating positive but let's say you've been dating positive your whole life and now you need to be dating like negative about dating fuck yeah come vent to us but we're all about like just how do we flip this weird thing on its head no one knows what they're doing we don't know either let's talk about it because talking about it solidarity that was the only way I made it through the 32 dates that I went on of the 51 was like knowing that we had listeners, knowing that I had Liza, knowing that I had other friends, you know, like having other people in it together. It was like, okay, all right, cool. Yeah. Not alone. I listen to other dating podcasts. Like it's just very helpful to know that we all have these feelings. Yes. And that dating in, in theory land should be fun. Like I think that's something we've talked about a lot and Kimmy came to realize on her journey I think Kenny's coming to realize like I I think the more you do it the more you can embrace like oh this doesn't have to be horrible like it can and should be kind of fun some of the time I'm not saying it's like a fucking carnival all the time but Mm -hmm. you know sometimes it's a scary fun house carnival ride with clowns and horrible things yeah (laughs) sometimes it's you know the ferris wheel which everybody likes I don't know do they it doesn't matter I don't know like I I like the Ferris wheel more than the scary clown house. Like, I have a vivid memory of going to, I guess it wasn't a clown house, but, like, a haunted house that I had to leave with my parents because it was so scary. Like, real people popping it. Yes. I was traumatized by a haunted house I went to. I think it's still why I actually don't like scary movies, which I'm, I'm, I'm such a little fucking wimp about scary movies. Like, I have to not. I can't. It freaks, it messes with me for days and weeks and, like, it really fucks with my head. And I blame all of it on going to, like, an incredibly scary haunted house when I was, like, four or five. Yeah, because especially that young, that's wild. Like, I like movies because it's not in my face. Like, I can turn it off. Yeah. But there's someone actually running around. It's so scary. So scary. I mean, I don't know what my parents, I think that, like, I'm the youngest of a bunch of kids and... Like, I just, I think my parents were just like, whatever, we'll just, we'll just, in in every way, like, they were kind of like, it's fine, you can swear around her, like, she can see a rated R movie when she's, like, they just were like, do whatever with her. Yeah, that's so. It was not a lot of worry. I remember when I went to, I think it was like even like at a school or something. So it was like, but a high school. So it was, it was like, a, I remember my mom being surprised when it got really scary. Being like, we gotta go. Because I remember it started yeah. with like, you put your fingers in the grape ball, you know, the peeled yeah. grapes and all the, the, you know, the rated PG stuff. And then it was like fucking scary, like Jack the Ripper's running around the halls. Like I was horrified. But. So, like, actually dating. Like, sometimes yeah. it's just funny stories, scary, <laughs> and then sometimes, you know, people die. Wow, Liza, get it together. That's These fair. analogies are 
always on point. Very intense. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of scary, today we're talking about our theme. Our theme is doing it. Doing it. Yeah. What like we talk a lot Sexing. about early dating. So we're gonna talk about doing it, which can happen in early dating. You know, you know, P and V, V on V, P and B. Okay, I I really you guys know that I'm very open minded. I just wasn't thinking that through, um, but you know, the, doing sex and doing hooking up and why? Okay, I'm an adult having sex, having. doing hooking up. Can doing hooking up be the name of this episode? Doing hooking up. What do we do when we want to do a hookup? Uh, I love it. And I think we got, yeah. we always get emails about this and like kind of when to do it, but also like just some of the complications that come around it. So we're specifically going to bring up a listener email that was also a recommendation for a topic that I thought was a super interesting and good topic to be thinking about in dating. But also like we've talked about it before. There are so many like the rules, like the old fashioned book, like about sex, like waiting to do it. And some of them we've grappled with, like they feel so archaic, but I feel like some of them have worked, but also, like, they've not worked for other people. Or, like, doing it on the first date has the same result as doing it on the 11th date, you know? Yeah. And also, I think, I mean, I feel like, as with everything, it's so about what feels right to you in any given circumstance. Mm -hmm. At the same time, I think that there's, like, there's stuff to be said for anything, for figuring out early on if you're sexually compatible for holding off having sex until you are exclusive. Like, there's arguments to be made in all directions, so we're going to dissect them. Have you ever – you've never had sex on a first date, right? No, I never have. And I've never had sex, like, a one-night stand. Only reconnected with someone from college, right? I already have Yeah. Up. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I – I mean, I haven't, like, really had sex on a first date, but I have – I mean, I, I hooked up with a – former coworker for like six months and we had sex like the first time we hung out outside of work which felt like I mean we it was it's not the same it's thing not. because yeah. we knew each other and we had been flirting but it was like the first time we went to a thing outside of work we had sex so I don't know yeah it wasn't there was something about it that felt that way like I remember at the time being like is this soon <laughs> because it was the first time we had hung out, like, as humans, but also, like, you know, I had known him for, like, a month. Right, maybe that's your barometer. You just need to know the person, not necessarily have been courted by them or something Totally, like yeah. yeah. And, like, I also knew that if he was sketchy <laughs> – I mean, I knew he wasn't sketchy at that point because, like, we had friends in common and we, you know, like, it wasn't scary, <laughs> which is always my thing. It's like I'm afraid – I'm afraid of strangers, basically, so. I mean, very natural fear. Very good good fear to have. Yeah. I would say that's that's the way to think. Um, You know what's funny is I was also just thinking, like, hmm, I bet I've been on a lot of dates, though, with people who, like, do sleep on the – fuck on the first date. And, yeah. like, then I'm like, what were they thinking about me? Like, what – like, would they have just done it earlier or waited? Yeah. And then I was thinking, date 13, who's my boyfriend, I came back from that date being like, I kind of felt like he just wanted to, like, bring me home, and it's because he wanted to walk me to, like, my subway or something, and then I got a cab, and I was like, he just was looking to hook up, because we'd also kind of drank a lot, and he was like, that is not true. I wasn't doing that. He was like, and I asked him, I was like, when did you realize you weren't just looking for that? And he was like, because I liked you. Like, I felt like I could tell that I wanted it to be more, like, within the first date. Like, gotcha. I, and I don't think he, we've actually talked about all of them. I'm just spilling all his beans. We'll have him on. But that's not, that wasn't like his MO to just like go on a date and sleep with someone. But yeah, that's not his vibe at all. No. Not that there's necessarily a vibe that goes along with that. But. No, yeah. But I don't know. I just thought that was interesting that like my read on him was like, I think he was like, oh, you're going this way. Like, whatever he said that night, I thought he wanted to. We also. Sorry. Yeah. I'm just realizing we also have – he thinks that I kissed him on that first date, and I know that I didn't because up to that point, I had never kissed someone first on the first date. Yeah. He said that I ran back up to him from the cab because I think it was a snowstorm. I hailed the yellow cab, but I didn't want to not hug him, and he was a little further on the curb. So I ran back to be like, bye, thank you, and then I think we kissed. I didn't kiss him. He yeah. acts like I ran back up and gave him a smooch. In the snow. The snow's falling in New York City, and you run through the snow. Like, oh, my God. the whiskey. Yeah, we need to have him on. We – <laughs> for sure we'll do it this summer Can when you're here this out. yeah um lol i feel like there's a lot of common misconceptions about that stuff on early first dates with 
um, like almost everyone I've dated, we've had like later had the conversation of like the first time we kissed or the first time we had sex. And like we both had very different perspectives on the same event of like, oh, like you were trying to get it. And like like he thinks I was trying to get it. I think he was trying to get it. I mean, and like probably in actuality, everyone was trying to get it a little bit, but like it's different. I feel like the differing perspectives thing is a thing. Oh, yeah. It's just like fake news. It's like our our own, what we want to remember, the version of it. I forget like the terms and psychology for this, but. It's that Rashomon yeah. thing. Rashomon. I can't pronounce it. Oh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> Rush sex. I can't make a pun out of that. Um, but you try. Yes. And, you know, effort is important <laughs> you know? in everything. <laughs> it's all about intention or whatever. Um, I wonder. I wonder if we should just start on talking about the general, probably like questions that we've gotten that I don't have exact emails for, but are coming to mind. Like, how yes. long should I wait to sleep with someone? Like, we've broken this yes. down before. Let's just like do it again, kind of, because it's always it's always difficult to know the answer to that question for sure. And I know that. Yeah. Yeah. Like there. Like there are times where I've done it because I felt like, you know. I was ready, but I also kind of wanted that person to like stay around versus when I've done it because I was ready and I wanted to and I like, which for me is really delayed. But anyway, I'm getting too personal already. But like just broadly, let's say someone's dating someone. They did not have sex on the first date. They didn't have sex on the second date. Coming up on the third date, which can be like the stereotypical date of doing it, but you know, we all know that's a bunch of bullshit that Sex and the City or some other movie told us. Um, what would you tell them if they're like, when should I do it? Like tonight or in two weeks? Or Yeah, I mean, it's so tricky because I do feel a little bit like, I do feel a little bit like it's so case by case. Yeah. And also about how everyone feels. Like I almost never feel comfortable with someone until I've known them for a while. Yeah. However, I've also had like, I mean, I've had one one night stand, <laughs> not that like whatever, but and it was with a friend of a friend who doesn't live in the same city. Mm-hmm. So I had like one connection to him outside of like it wasn't a complete stranger or whatever. But I think the number one thing is like always be safe. And if you are like this is obvious, I feel like everyone's mom right now. But if you are going to sleep with someone on the first date, just like fucking text a friend your address. Just text a friend the address that you're at. It sounds crazy, but I think just do it, right? Or do you think I'm insane? No, I don't think you're insane. I think like, ugh, I don't know. It's tricky. I I agree that it's very case by case, first and foremost. I mean, if you feel unsafe at all, don't go or get the fuck out of there. Yeah, but if you – and I think it also has to do with like – it's very – like it's almost like talking to your therapist about this. And I'm not trying to be like, we don't know. Well, we don't know. We are literally not experts. We don't know what we're talking yeah. about. But for me, it's like I need to make sure I'm doing it at a time that I'm I'm not doing it for the other person. And it, it's, like, based on my history with when I've done it, too. Stemming back from the first time I ever slept with anyone and kind of feeling like things slowly fell apart after that within our relationship yeah. and, like, it being pain. Like, I think there is so much psychology, especially for women and sex, because it's just – it just is different because it – it you can get pregnant and if you're hetero um, and it, if you lost your virginity to a man – it was likely, like, a more painful experience. Like, there's more complications just if you're a woman. I think that's pretty fair to say. Um, Yes. And I just, I don't know. I think that, like, I do need to wait, though. Like, I joke with Day 13 about how long, because we went on a trip together, like, pretty soon after we finally did it. Because I think I was like, I can't, like, go to New Orleans with him if we haven't done it. I'm going to keep saying doing it, and you can all suck it. So. Guys, the theme of this episode is doing it. It's not having sex. It's not fucking. It's doing it. That is what we're going with. I haven't been shy on this podcast in a minute, but I feel shy talking about doing it. I don't know. No, I like almost always do. The only reason I don't right now is because I'm buzzed and I feel not worried about anything, which is a healthy way to be talking <laughs> on the internet. Cool. I'm I parents so realistic. Yeah, that's the not. thing. I'm just like, who listens to this again? When do I ran- yeah. randomly drop? That I have this. Okay. Um, but I think that, yeah, ugh. you have to feel like you're not doing it for any other reason than you want to. Mm-hmm. Like, even if it's just like you want to make that partner happy. Like, I think that 
it's so case by case. It's so hard to talk about. But, like, there are also ways you can be, like, you don't have to want to wait for another person. Like, there is a – I found a post in the secret Facebook group that I'll read that it's kind of, like, an, like a reverse take on this. Um, mm-hmm. So – this was a post from a listener. I don't think I've read Lies, so you can stop me if I have. Okay. But this is the first time I've written in this group before, so I'm just looking for advice. It's funny when you ask for advice, but you're already sure you know the answer. Anyway, I started going on dates with a super nice guy. So nice. I'm pretty sure it makes me feel a little shitty about myself. He's a therapist, super smart, super Christian. Not that that's a problem. It's just important to the story. He's admitted to me that he's only ever had sex with his ex-wife, whom he married as a virgin. Admirable for sure, though it didn't last. He was in a five-month relationship where he did not have any sex, though he said it was semi-serious. I, on the other hand, have had a little more experience. I've been single for a while, lived in New York, and have had my fun. He said he doesn't care that I have a past, but I can't help but feel a little self-conscious that my sex drive may be higher than his. Is it wrong that I don't exactly want to wait six or more months to have sex with someone? Some people say it's not as important, but I can't say that I agree. Sexual compatibility is a thing, right? And if I sense there may be more about... And if I sense that I may put more value on a sexual connection than he does, it's okay that I move on, question mark. Even if he's a great guy, question mark. Sorry if that made no sense. It did. I just have a lot of thoughts and tried to get them down. Which I think is... I mean... Yeah. I... I mean, I have a lot of opinions on this. I think that sex is... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, my first thing is, like, it's totally fine to move on, even if he's a great guy. Yes. Like, a hundred and thousand millions of percentage points. God. Yeah. Like... You don't owe him. Just because he's, like, we cannot hold great guys in heteronormative relationships to that standard. Like, he's great, so I can, like, do X, Y, Z for him. Because he's great, and they're so rarely great. Like, no, fuck that noise. If, like, sexual compatibility is important to you, it's not, that doesn't mean it's easy, because you might really like him. But, like, I think you can have a conversation, but also, it is so important, I think. I mean, I cannot... I don't think I can overstate how important I think sex and sexual compatibility is to a relationship. Um, That being said, like, I wasn't raised with any serious religious beliefs, and I know that um, it's very different for people who were. So I want to be, like, sensitive to that in this this conversation. I don't want to, you know, belittle that in any way. Like, I understand uh, when it's important, it's important. But I think that if something is important to you – and it doesn't line up with his religious beliefs. That's a big, a big thing. Um, and I think it's a place where you can have a conversation where you're like, look, like, you know, I'm I'm not religious. Sex is really important to me. It's important in a relationship. Uh, I like you a lot. But, like, we have to have some kind of, like, mutual understanding about, like, when you're comfortable, when I'm comfortable. See if we can meet in the middle. Like, talk about what would make you comfortable. Like, if it's something where you need to talk about our exclusivity or the fact that, you know, I feel more serious about you than, like, uh, you know, just a random schmo I'm dating. Like, I get if people need certain, like, kind of, um, you know, emotional uh, assurances and, like, safety, the feeling of, like, emotional safety before they can have sex with someone. Like, I totally get and respect that, but I do not think you should feel bad. Like, what's important to you is what's important to you, and what's important to him is what's important to him. And like the important, the the thing that matters is trying to find a middle ground that you guys are both comfortable with. Yeah. And it's really interesting because on this post, um, another listener wrote a comment saying, where are you finding these super Christian men? Send them to me. I'm actually having the problem he's having. I also think I have a high sex drive, but I'm a virgin at 29 because of my faith. And then she went on to say, it's up to you to decide whether or not he's a match for you. There's no shame if you decide it is worth it to wait or no shame to decide that the value put you put on sex and sexual chemistry and compatibility is incompatible with his values and move on, which I thought was like so refreshing. Like these two different perspectives. Like I just liked how it was like so supportive. Yeah. Like like having a belief where you're waiting till marriage, but not being judgmental. I was just like, what a lovely interaction. (laughs) Yeah. Totally. Way to go secret Facebook group. But I, yeah, I think that this being my first, like especially long distance, but more serious relationship, I, like, didn't realize how even if you're super, you have perfect sexual chemistry with someone, when you're, and I'm even long distance, but there's, like, weird pressures on that. It's, like, there's a point at which you know, like, you're just tired. You want to live your day or, like, you're bloated or you're this. And, like, that, like, if you don't even have the one, like, I think it's so important that you're on the same page about that stuff. 
Yeah. Because I... And that you have the ability to communicate about it. Mm -hmm. Like, that's super hard, too. It's really awkward and vulnerable and hard to talk about sex. I've always struggled with it. And, like, it's the most terrifying thing to me is talking about it. So the ability to have those conversations, I think, is also really valuable and a good test in and of itself. Like, if you can talk about it maturely in, like, adults and you feel comfortable talking to him about it and you feel safe and, like, heard, like, that, I think, is such a good sign for your future compatibility. And if that goes well, it might be a reason to stick around and, like, give it a little bit more time and energy and, you know, be ready for him to get to where you are. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's because it's – it is such a weird thing. And I feel like just in my relationship right now, I feel super comfortable talking about it. But I have this weird other thing, like, obviously not deciding, like, when to have sex with him because that happened a while ago. But it was, like, three months in. Like, we also joke about this. But I was also going on dates with other people. It's like – Yeah. It, like, yeah. It would like – and I honestly was so happy that I waited so long just for me because I tend to, like, get really, like, emotionally connected after sex – I'm wired that way. I think some women are. Whatever. I know I've talked about it before. But, like, even now there's weird, like, I'm like, oh, you're here after long distance. I'm like, what if I'm not doing it two times a day the whole time he's here or something? And it's like, like, just once I started learning to communicate that, because I I don't want to, like, leave him hanging just because I'm lazy or having too much wine at dinner. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, again, I think the pre-dinner sex we've promoted many times on this podcast and continue to promote um p d s pds yes probably dan so. savage has like a hashtag or something. it's it's not anything it's like do it first or something do it first there we go okay yeah. i didn't realize it was dan savage okay well duh okay well anyway you know i don't know oh my god it fits with our theme of doing it it's doing it doing do it, it first. first yeah doing it that's um i don't know but anyway i just think like yeah the communication is important like, this was a specific case, but if you're just going into that third date thing, think about all these things, too. Like, do you feel – if you do you feel comfortable to talk about it? Like, say something weird happens the first time, would you feel comfortable to talk about it after? Like, that could be a fun thing to ask yourself. Totally. Are you just fucking ready and you don't have, like, an attachment thing when you have sex and go for it? Or are you going to Italian dinner? Then maybe wait till next time. Like, you know, there are lots of things to think about. Yeah, but I think the most important thing will just be being able to ask, like – all right, like, what do you need to feel comfortable having sex? Like, what point do you have to be at emotionally? Like, is it a time thing? Is it a commitment thing? Like, what's your litmus test? That's not the right word. What's your, like, line in the sand? And is that line in the sand too far away from where mine is? Yeah. And one last thought, if, like, there's anyone out there who's an overthinker like me, like, being like, well, what if I don't know? What if I don't know? I think, like, almost waiting with day 13, I was like, well, now I've waited so long. Like, what, what What? if it's not good? What if it's this? We're going on a trip together in, like, a week or two weeks. I forgot what it was. Like, it's going to be scary no matter what. So don't feel like you have to be like, okay, I'm so certain this is the night. Like, I think we're, we keep being like, you'll feel it. But, like, no. It's that same bullshit. Like, you just need to feel comfortable enough so you don't have doubts, like, Gut. Trust your gut. I feel like it's the gut thing. The gut thing, looking at my whole dating history, my gut has always been right, but I've sometimes refused to admit that it existed. Yes. Fully. Yeah. Um, let's take a quick ad break, and then we're going to come back. I have a question from a listener that I want to talk about that I think comes up a lot. Tease in early dating regarding sex. Perfect. First, a message from our sponsors. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay, everybody. Hi, we're back from ad break. Kimmy made a mini marg, another mini bar. I did. Well, my first one was so mini, and now I'm having a second mini, mini, mini. Because my shaker is mini. It's really cute. It's a mini Uh Casamigos shaker. Not an ad, but would be down. Uh, Yeah, I'm just enjoying this little little Sunday. Ugh, so nice. Yeah. Talking about doing it. I just went out there to get my laptop charger, and Jeff was having a whiskey and a bowl of... Um, Ample Hills 
ice cream. Oh, God. And I was just like, oh, my God. I want all of that so much. Holy like, shit. What flavor? He's just living his best self. He, It's one of the chocolatey ones. It's cho- I think it's chocolate, like, with sh- some shit in it. I don't remember which one. But... God, I love it Apple Hills. It's so good. Mm. Yeah, it's... Oh, God. It's... I'm a big, like just lifelong pint of Ben and Jerry's person like can and have finished a pint in one sitting which is horrible and disgusting it's maybe not one sitting but two sittings in one night yeah okay and also like no because I if I if I don't it's usually like it's definitely like not like I just had half of it it's like if I'm leaning into that well I can eat forever if I'm leaning into something if I like buy chips and hummus I'm like leaning into it that's that's a whole other conversation um, like last night, I got home from and wasn't that drunk. Just had been out and did not eat dinner before I went out, but like was responsible and only stuck to tequila. Got home, had all of these quesadilla, not quesadillas, tortillas, and also had like guacamole and this like spicy chicken that I had made. So I just made like seven tacos, not seven, but like I was like, Kimmy, this is out of control. Like I was just like beep 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 putting them together, just like. I mean, I ate a full burrito last night and. I was having like a, a middle school sleepover themed hangout with my high school slash middle school friends. Like one of our friends seriously injured her back and can't do anything. So we were like, we're going to come over. We're going to do face masks and watch a rom-com and like whatever. That's so cute. And it was really fun. Um, we watched Clueless. <laughs> it was like so fun. Um, and then I was like, I'm making it theme. I'm getting popcorn and like every like all of the box movie candies that are good. Oh, so yeah. I ate so much candy like, it was one of those things where, like, at the end of the night, my teeth were, like, ache. Yep. <laughs> I ate more candy than I've ever eaten in my adult life last night. It was so yummy. I ate, like, a whole box of Sour Patch watermelons. Like, definitely a box of M&M's. Like, I ate... Uh, it was insane and delicious. But, um, yes. Good. Great. <laughs> anyway. I'm glad we made ourselves <laughs> feel better about our eating. I ate... Now that you guys know everything we've eaten in the last 24 to 48 hours... Um, let's talk about doing it when you're gassy and bloaty. <laughs> doing it when you're gassy and bloaty. Um, okay, so this is a, uh, also a message from the secret Facebook group, which I'm sure you've heard of by now, if you're listening, <laughs> because we talk about it all the fucking time. Um, but I think this comes up a lot in general. I'm going to read the message and then I'll explain what, oh, I don't need to explain what it is, but okay, so the message reads... Because it's been fun slash cathartic to read other people's horrible and appropriate text messages. Here's mine from earlier today. Backstory. 2.5 hour first date last night. Shut down the bar. Hug. Kiss on the cheek. Text to say he'd love a second date. Sends me a good morning text. We realize that our schedules are super busy. It's either today, not usually. Uh, it'd either be today, not usual that I'd follow up a first date with the second the next day. Or in two weeks because of a tra- of travel and work schedules. So we were going to plan on a movie this afternoon, but first he was super chatty. Um, one more question. I'm just being flirty, etc., and kept asking really personal questions, some referencing OKCupid survey answers. I told him several times that I didn't love all the sex talk since we'd only met once. Can we just let it unfold organically? My friends were appalled if this is what dating looks like. And then... Okay, so um, it was sex she- talk? Sorry, I just want to clarify. Yes. Okay. So basically... This guy, she has a great first date with him, and immediately, like, they're texting, the texting's going well, and he kind of veers it a little sexually. Got it. So she did post um, some screenshots. I'll just read, like, a couple highlights. He says, do you ride? And she says, sexual position, question mark? And he goes, I like details, bounce or grind. And she says, I'm just not into conversations about sex before I've had sex with someone. And he goes, sorry, couple more broad questions. I don't have a set number of dates. Just let it flow. Only rule is no sex first date. You? And she says, I've had sex on the first date, not usually. And then he says, you didn't even kiss me, so where do I stand? Um, basically, uh, he, you know, he's kind of maybe pushing her a little bit. Um, but this is something that's come up a lot, I think. Yeah. Like, in, in the secret Facebook group and elsewhere, is that pe- uh, people, like, on the apps, either in messages before you've even met or after you've only met once or in kind of further text messages, like, things will veer sexual faster than the dater is, like, ready for. And I'm just, like, fucking biggest red flag in the whole deal breaker to me. Like, I... Do you think so? I don't know. Like, it depends what you're looking for, you know? And I think that... Yeah. 
Like, it's fair. Like, the weirdest thing about this particular instance is that this guy is doing it, like, after behaving like such a gentleman or, like, sorry, what, like, you'd hope your first date with someone who might be looking for a relationship would look like. This feels, and I never used OkCupid, but this feels very OkCupid to me based on everything I've heard other people say about it. Like, it takes all this investment, but apparently it's, like, like tons of fuckboys on there. That, hmm. And correct us, listeners, but this is what I've heard at least in New York. And, like, my thought is, if you're look, it's, it's it reminds me of a lot of the stereotype of New York men where they, like, do the whole dating, you can't tell that it's just hooking up from early on. It feels like they're doing dating because they're taking you out. You're going, yeah. or, or you're taking them out, or either, you know, you're doing dates. You're, instead of doing it, you're doing dates. And then once the yes. doing it gets involved, it turns hooky-uppy. This is just rapid-fire version. So it sounds like our listeners not looking for that. I don't know. I think, and I do find it just, like, weird to be so presumptuous. It's almost like the verbal version of a dick pic. Not as aggressive, but... Yeah. This feels unsolicited in many ways. Like, bump or grind? What did he say? Like, ugh. Yeah, it was something like that. Or, or do you ride? Mm. Which I would have been, like, soul cycle? Like, what are you, yeah, what are love you talking spinning. about? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's so tricky, right? Because, like, I don't want to be totally, like, sex negative on this guy. But I do, and I do think there is, look. If we all lived in, like, a utopian kumbaya society where everybody could be totally open about their sexual, like, preferences, what they're into, what their, um, like, kinks are, like, all of that stuff, without there being any, like, danger or red flagginess for mostly women, I mean, of course, men too, then, like, fuck yeah, like, people should be able to communicate more openly about this. But we don't live in that society, and I think that sometimes men being pushy about sex over text can indicate men being pushy about sex generally, which... And it's, it's not the right thing. It's also just not okay to do over text either unless you're getting the feedback. Like, I don't know. Weirdly, I feel like this is the reverse of like when men are like, well, I dated this girl. Again, talking super heteronormative, super stereotypically here. But when some men are like, well, I dated this girl and she said she was cool with not being anything. And then she just like started texting me about being more serious. It's almost like the flip it and reverse it of that. Like it's yes. another version of that. It doesn't matter if female or men, but like, Whenever you're not upfront about something, like, and then it comes up later, like, you don't really have the right to just impose it on the other person. Whether that's like, yeah, no, I want a relationship, which again, you can totally bring up, but like, it gets complicated if, like, like me, you've maybe been playing it cool, like you didn't want one for a while. But this is like, it, it's just not a way you could text by a second date. You shouldn't be texting anything you wouldn't want, like, posted on the internet. Actually, great point because now, you know, we've seen these texts. Yeah. But I mean, you if you were at your job doing this, even after a first date, you would get fired from your job if it got out. So I just don't think – I just don't think – I think it's way too soon and it's coming from no signals being read to just go sexual like that. Completely. Yeah. And I mean, I think if – yeah. There are so many ways these things can come up organically. And if it feels – inorganic to you then it's inorganic and that's what that means yeah. you know like there's lots of I feel like there's lots of people who are really comfortable discussing sex really openly really early and like I hope they all find each other but I'm not one of them necessarily although like there have been times when I have felt totally comfortable with someone where I've been like I'm attracted to you like let's have sex <laughs> like that's mm-hmm. happened in my life before and it's felt natural and organic and reciprocal and there have been times when it's happened and it hasn't felt that way and I've been left to feel really uncomfortable or like I have to escape a situation that I don't want to have to escape just because this thing has happened. And yeah, I think that it that's the only like litmus test. It's that thing of like when we were acting, somebody at one point gave me the um, advice like a million years ago when I thought I wanted to be an actor of, like, if it feels icky, it is. Mm-hmm. Of, like, paying to do auditions. Like, if you have a manager is asking them to pay you. If there's an audition in a weird warehouse somewhere in, like, the middle of nowhere. Like, the, basically following your gut and, and the, like, if it feels icky, it is principle, I think applies here so much. Yeah, and I think we were, like, you were being super open and liberal, not in the, like, political sense, but just, like, open to his sexual needs. Because I can hear some trolley type person man or woman being like oh my gosh so sensitive you can't even like have a sexual text it's like 
No, that's violating. You wouldn't text that to your friend? Like, it, after a first date? It's also very weird to me and feels manipulative that the dude is just, like, not having sex on a first date but getting sexual right after that. It feels, like, weirdly manipulative to me. And I don't know. I am all out on this. Sorry. Yeah. I no, just feel like same. we gave him some benefit of the doubt. Excuse but, like, me. there's nothing in the – at least the text you read to me that suggests – I think she's being very polite about something totally. Like, like, imagine if, a, if the tables were turned and how it would be like, oh, this girl got really, like, you know, I don't know. It just, I don't feel good yeah. about that. And I well, don't like the Also, and you can see more of these if you join the secret Facebook group. Um, but she posted more screen captures from, like, screen grabs from later on in the conversation. And he went on to keep pushing her. Yeah. And you know, asking her more, like, questions about what she likes and, you know, et cetera, et cetera, um, And, you know, she she basically eventually says, like, I can't ask you a questionnaire of your thoughts and feelings of a whole bunch of stuff and hold you to your answers. We all have experiences from the past we want to avoid. I do, but I also want to experience things as they come. And... He says, I'm just asking for fun. I'm not drafting a document. She says, okay, fun for me is talking in person. Should we do that? Like, I think she's she gives him extremely the benefit of the doubt. I, I think she should not hang out with him again. Yeah, no. I think eventually, like, it gets to that place in the text thread. Like, she texted all of them. But basically, like, this is not the right. That level of pushiness when you've very politely been like, hey, like, it's not my vibe to talk about sex in text with someone I've only met once. Yeah. She was so polite. Oh, my God. I would have been like, okay, that was uh, – it's funny. Yeah. yeah Weirdly, I totally. didn't have to wade through a lot of this shit. And I don't know if it was, like, the apps I was using or just getting really, really lucky. But, yeah, this sucks. Like, getting people who want to be hypersexual but also are treating the apps like they could be using them in, like, a more typical – even for casual dating. You know, even normal casual dating or hooking up doesn't – me yeah. texting this right away. I don't yeah. know. No, totally. It's a very weird um it's a very weird situation that unfortunately comes up so much. We get I think we get a lot of messages and a lot of emails and a lot of people posting screen grabs of like extremely sexually explicit first interactions on Bumble, second interactions via text after you've met in person. Like it's just people don't there seems to be a level of like not uh I mean I feel like ultimately it's just like guys not listening or caring what the vibe is Mm -hmm. and just being like great we're at this point I'm gonna just say whatever I think yeah which kind of brings me to the whole reason we're being kind of like you know stringent about this is because sex also has consequences we're not like we all know them but there are some like lesser consequences than getting pregnant even though that's sorry that's not a consequence that's that's, like the goal um but things happen I want to read this email from a listener things Liza and I have talked previously about both having HPV like the kind that everybody seems to get um while both being like just very safe broadly about sex. Yeah. And it's really painful the things that you have to do, colposcopies. Uh, we could get a doctor on to talk about more this more, but really important to go to your gynecologist. Like, you know, I had I had did you have Gardasil? Did you have the vaccine? I did not. Okay. And I should have, obviously, but But I did. And I still mine recurs. It's yeah. just something about the way my body is. It's not even necessarily like it was complicated when it recurred more recently because then my boyfriend felt really guilty, but I was like, it literally, my doctor said it could even not have been you. It just like flares yeah. back up. It's a weird thing. The process is Well, there's so like 21 strains of it. I mean, Gardasil, obviously everyone should get it, but it only does protect against four, I think, strains. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of strains of HPV. And it's very like, I think because a lot of them, like the symptoms are minimal, there's not... I had none. Even, like, gynecologists I've been to have been kind of like, well, we don't really know how to tell you. Like, we don't really know how long this is going to last. We don't really know what symptoms you're going to exhibit. We don't, like, it, there's not as much knowledge of it as there should be for the fact that 80% of the sexually active population of the United States have has some form of HPV. 80%. Yeah. It was insane. It literally number. just it, – it's an abnormal cell thing that comes up that they have to check out. And then it's really yeah. a painful – I had to get a bi- biopsy the last time I had a colposcopy, which was Ugh. extra painful. And, you know, you obviously 
most of the time you're not actually getting tested for cancer. But like I have a history with my mom losing her life to cancer. Just it brings up emotions for me. Like I've never seen myself be such a child with a doctor. I just start like it's weeping. It's very scary. And it's very it's vulnerable terrifying. when you're getting tested anyway. But it's really important to just monitor. Um, Get your shit checked. Because it can lead to cervical cancer, some strains. But again, I'm not yeah. trying to scare you. It's just also really important to know that men, they don't get tested for it. I think they technically could, but it would be like a very invasive, painful process. This is well, my also, memory of that. Yeah. So, well, like, also some like regular STD panels don't test for all the strains. The strain I have like isn't regularly tested for. My doctor told me even if a man gets tested, like there's all, yeah, there's a lot more to it than you think. Like I know the person who gave it to me fully had no idea and best yeah. intentions, and it was like I devastated him by telling him that he had given. Yeah, it to and me. then it's hard for men in a way too because they can't by technically get the test. I think they like. It's scientifically possible to test them, but they do, they don't get te- they can't get tested as of now. So there's yeah. not really anything they can do. You can get it if you use condoms. You can get it if you're not having intercourse. So you can pass it between you know if you're having sex with women and women and men. And, like it's it's yeah. a thing, and it also like there was just a weird amount of shame. Even though like because when I found out I had it. It was like all of my friends just hadn't talked about it much, but I really, like, I think I went to you. I went to everyone. I was like, oh, literally everyone's already had this. But like my first yeah. friend who it happened to in college was like fully mortified because she was like, how do I have an STD? Same. And we- it's funny because I felt that way too. Even with all this knowledge, I was like, I cried at the doctor's office. He was like, it's fine. It's not a big deal. I was like, yes, it is. Yeah. It's like, it's like, a, it's like a normal thing. And like, yeah, this kind of, I guess, brings us to our our email because it's almost like the version of like having oral herpes that like 80% of the population has that but I've never had a cold sore in my whole life so like I think I'm lucky on that front but I have HPV yeah um but anyway I'll read this email first off I love you guys I like reading this part I'm currently on episode 66 love actually episode the holiday episode where we were Liddy and it's oh my god yeah I've been contemplating emailing you guys about this, but listening to this episode and having you guys mention that you both have HPV, cool, made me want to email you guys. Forgive me if I'm just not caught up and you guys have already had an episode about this, but I definitely think an episode about STDs, stereotypes about having them, and what not would be really awesome. We're sort of doing it, but thank you for the idea. Okay. In 2015, I slept with a boy who did not tell me that he had herpes. I'm not even sure if he knew he had it. A couple of weeks later, I started having symptoms and found out that he has HSV1, genital herpes. I was devastated. Ugh. At the time, this was the worst thing that happened to me. I was only 22. During this time, one of my best friends also had it. We had been good friends for over two years at this point, and we had never talked about it. She answered all of my questions, cried with me, and comforted me. I knew nothing about it other than knowing that it never goes away and was not something I ever wanted to get. I was scared of it like most people are because I knew nothing about it. I can't even tell you how long it took me to be comfortable with the fact that this happened and that there was nothing I can do about it. And when I did, I did my research and realized everything I thought I knew about it was just not correct. It's really not as bad as I ever thought it would be at all. Having herpes truly changed my life, but not in a bad way. I feel like it helped me grow as a person and really figure myself out. It took me a couple of years, but now I'm comfortable talking about it. It made me realize what boys I should waste my time with and who I shouldn't. It gave me the confidence to be honest with myself and people around me. I feel like this podcast would be an awesome way to break down the stigma of having herpes. You guys are so relatable and fun and easygoing, and being able to reach out to so many girls and guys about something like this would really mean a lot to a lot of people. Um, And then she gives us permission to read it, but keep her anonymous. I, sorry, I didn't mean to read the mushy end part, like, to give us credit. I just wanted to read it completely. And, like, I like I was getting emotional because, honestly, herpes, I would freak out. Sorry, not to add to the stigma. But that's, like, that is a very stigmatized STD. Yes, like, totally. I think what Liza and I have dealt with, you know, was difficult in its own way, but I felt very much not, like, I got over the gross factor early. But yeah. I think people are have, like, very, like, severe opinions of, like, herpes is, like, there are fucking 90s rom-com or not rom-com comedy jokes about herpes you know like it's a a whole thing totally and it's so so stigmatized and it's funny because I was talking about it this weekend a friend who was diagnosed with it about four months ago is like dating someone new for the first time since then and she's in the first position of having to have like the disclosure talk and she's really anxious about it of course it's like and it's herpes very anxiety inducing yeah oh my gosh wow this is perfect timing yeah and she's she's just very anxious about it and like of course she she is 
Um, and she, we were kind of talking through like a little bit of what she was going to say. And my big things were like, don't be apologetic. Like it's your body. We all have, we all carry the garbage we carry what, or the, <laughs> you know, the beautiful garbage we carry. I'm not saying this is garbage, but like I, you know, we all just exactly like this listener said, like we are who we are. We, we have what we have like physically, emotionally, like anything we bring is just like a product of our background and our experience and like the life we've lived, which is hopefully like exciting and full of like adventures and fun and stories and blah, blah, blah. Like, and it is much harder to transmit like if than it seems. And also ultimately, and this is something my friend said, she was like, it's a fucking skin condition. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not, you know, something that there's any serious consequences from. Like, I'm not saying it's, like, obviously there, I, I have another friend who also has it who's had very painful outbreaks, like, extremely painful. Like, I know it's not a walk in the park either. Um, Like, it can be extremely painful. But it's, a, at the end of the day, it's, just, it's a fucking skin condition, you know? Right. <laughs> but it's so stigmatized. It's more stigmatized. And HPV, like, I remember when I first figured I knew – probably who I had gotten it from too and he was like oh my god like it can lead to cancer like you know whereas genital herpes can't right we will get a doctor on to do a more intense breakdown of this sorry guys but it just was all going together with doing it because these yeah. are the reasons it's totally cool to think more carefully about sex yeah and like we're not even speaking to AIDS and different communities that are affected by like truly life-altering STDs yes but I think that you make such a great point. Like it, it's it's a skin condition if you take away a lot of those layers of social yeah. stigma, and especially if you're being, which obviously our, our listener sounds like she is, and my something my friend is concerned about is basically like if you're being like communicative, if you know the facts and are able to like share them and communicate them with partners, like if you're if you're being responsible about the way you're having sex and the communication surrounding it, like you're spreading, like, good in the world. You know what I mean? Like, that's, I think, you bringing, like, positivity, kindness, and empathy, and that speaks so much more to who a person is than whatever fucking their skin is doing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. to me, like, my friend was so thoughtful about the way the, the way the conversation is, what information she should bring, not being too clinical, but being like having enough information, like making the other person feel comfortable. Like I was like, this is you. The person who's putting so much thought and care and intention into this conversation you have to have is who you are. And like if he sees that, like that's what he should be looking at, you know? And also interesting, I loved what the listener said about like the growth she has felt from having to kind of talk yes. about this because I do think it's like not the ideal litmus test but it's helpful almost like weirdly okay this is not a fair comparison sorry don't kill me but like for me people who weren't cool with the podcast like that was interestingly a litmus test because totally. I ended up with someone who like podcast or not was really just really like cared about me and I think that I don't know that's super cheesy and it's not the yes. same at all as health things but I'm I, I can just see something bigger Especially something like like HPV, I feel like isn't a big thing stigma wise and like unfairly probably, but having to like think through that conversation and then present that to someone and see how they react is kind of the least ideal like club to be a part of, you know, litmus yeah. test if that makes sense. You you just are people on board and weirdly, yes. I'm just reminded, I'm just babbling, but the club to be a part of, I often say that like when friends lose parents or. You know, I'm like, oh, we're part of this terrible club. And that was weirdly a litmus test, too. When I was way too close to my mom passing and, like, saying it too early and dating someone, if people kind of freaked out around that, like, no one ever freaked out, sorry. But if they just seemed to, like, shut yeah. down around that, it was a weird way I could be like, okay, all right. There's no, like, right reaction, but, like, maybe maybe I shouldn't have brought this up so early. But also maybe – I don't, I can't be with someone – like, it, it's it's a part of my life right now, so. yeah. Totally. I mean, it's any dating process is about someone like accepting you for who you are. You know, like that. God, I fucking do you want to slap me? That's so I feel like an after school <laughs> special. But that's what it is. It's like a slow process of like showing somebody 
all the parts of you, the parts you like, like the parts you like are insecure about the, like all of that. And you know, when it works out, it's about them like liking all of that, loving it, like accepting it, whatever. But it's funny because so an, a different friend of mine who I, well, she's anonymous in this article. My, a friend of mine wrote an article that was on the hairpin like many, many years ago about having herpes. And it was like really widely shared at the time, like Dan Savage tweeted it and um, and her sentiments were the same, were that which was that, like, she grew from having it. She became better able to speak to her needs, her wants, like, be honest, and to, like, judge people. Like, it, she, it became, like, a, a test, a litmus test of, like, of people, of of being, like, is this, um, is this person someone who, like, I can have these conversations with, who will hear me, who, like, she, it, it's a really, really great article. When this episode comes out, I'll post it in the secret Facebook group. But, um, yeah, but I think that with everything and I've had to have that, have this conversation too, where I disclosed an STD and it's a bummer. It's very, I mean, it's not a bummer. It's very scary. I've, it's, I've have not been as nervous talking about anything else. It was less nervous, nerve wracking to me to bring up moving in together, to bring up like, marriage conversations, kids' conversations, like, none of that was as scary to me as, like, the STD disclosure conversation. And, you know, it was obviously ultimately fine, but it's a, it's a moment where you're like, this is very vulnerable. Well, I t- Especially because yeah. you feel like it's outside of your control. You're like, this is what I have. Like, I've done everything I'm supposed to do safety-wise, and this is what I have. And I understand with, like, genital herpes. I do in a way because you, like, will probably have symptoms. Like, it's – it can affect, like, especially if you're hetero. I, I think, okay, here's my thought. I understand disclosing that and taking the thought to do that and how much that does feel. I'm not trying to stigmatize it more, but it does feel more important to do with genital herpes than, like, HPV from my standpoint because I can't give it. Like, I did, I was cleared of it and it came back. But, like, I didn't start dating date 13 and be like, I have HPV because I didn't technically – it had cleared, you know? Yeah. And then it came back. So I don't know if it came from him or if it was just like reactivated. We're back. And I can't like – he it can't do anything to him. So like yeah. I, do I need to disclose that? Like I think I just want to touch on that without stigmatizing other STDs. Because totally. like, I have like the very like – like it's not a problem. My body is just like, oh, abnormal cells. Let's check for cancer every like few years. And it's very upsetting to me. But like it's not something that can affect – I don't have the cervical cancer. I have the protection against that. So I, it would be like, I guess this is what I still don't understand. We're not doctors. Then why are they always like, we need to biopsy them? They could be cancerous. Like I'm like, I thought I had that Gardasil that protects against the cervical cancer thing. I think it might be, a, there might be more than one strain that can, can cause that. It. But okay. we should like ask a doctor. We should. But I mean, I think the disclosure thing with HPV is important because obviously like, None of us want to think our current partners are going to have future partners, but if they do, they can pass yeah. it on. You know, that's the thing is just knowing what – that's how probably we all got it is that, like, our male partners didn't know. So we have to tell our male partners because, like, look, nobody wants anybody to break up, but – But the problem is my, I was like, what is – so I obviously told my partner when it came back because I was upset and I, like, this is shit I used to call my mom about and, like – I've definitely been off open with my dad about, but I'm not going to, like, call him about. And I don't know. Yeah. Like, a lot of the calls that used to go to my mom weirdly go to my boyfriend now. And I I felt like, I'm sorry that I never mentioned this, but it just literally didn't seem like mm-hmm. a thing. And But he was just more, like, feeling badly for me. And then, I don't know, like, my I was talking to my doctor about all this, and she's like, no, you like there's nothing he can do about it. So it's not like he he could have yeah. sex with the next person he's with with a condom and still give it to them. She's like, there's yeah. just nothing. So yeah. like it's like one of those bummers. I was like, okay, cool, great, yep. So what's the point? Get even? your get your gyno appointments, ladies. Yeah, everything's great. But then it's like, what do you even do? It's just good. It's important for you to know about it, and then your partner can yeah. also like know that. But like what the per- like once the person who gave it to me found out he had it I'm sure it didn't change the way he I don't know but basically yeah be careful but also I don't know it's it's shitty that it's stigmatized 
I wish we had a doctor on right now because we're doing such a, a poor job of understanding the science of it all. But I do think it's important to like, well, go somewhere else for science. Come here for emotions. Mm-hmm. Our emotions are that, you know, it's it's important for people to, as our lovely listener who wrote in said, it's important for people to accept us, you know, for who we are and what we bring. And um, if someone can't or doesn't, like, that's that's kind of an indicator, too. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But – Thank you for writing in. It's very, we're very glad that like, like sometimes I do feel embarrassed talking about this because I'm like, oh, what if like my parents are listening or what if like, I don't know, like I I don't know who listens. So it can be vulnerable to have shit on the internet about your, you know, vagina. 100%. Also, I'm very glad that um, it's, if it makes anyone else feel comfortable, that makes me very happy. And, you know, we're always here to chat about all of your vaginas. Yeah. Or penises. Or, or assholes. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> I just, I had another. That's th- really, you know what? Come to me for your asshole talk. Like, I like talking about assholes more than, more than, Kenny. I, I, I just Sorry. like want to call it a butthole. <laughs> no, I love the term asshole. I don't know oh why. Oh, my God. Like, oh, I don't know why. It just becomes <laughs> okay. a lot more wrinkly when it's a, an asshole. It's like even like prunier and like a butthole is like a butt with a hole. It's like a nice round little butthole with a hole. But oh you know what, God. when you were saying it's really scary to bring up, I just want to give one last shout out to the listener and anyone bringing it up with a partner because I was thinking it's a it's like the only, yeah, I agree with you. There's nothing else. I feel very comfortable in my relationship, but like it was scary for me to say I love you and it's scary for me to say I have HPV. <laughs> Those are the two scariest things. Yeah. Because it's really totally. vulnerable and that's why they feel that way. Totally. Um, and I think that something that I wish I – had done was be less apologetic about it now that I'm looking back on it because there's nothing to apologize for like we're all humans with a unique set of bodily challenges yep so and this is why it's chill to like feel whatever way you do feel about sex like as long as you're if if you feel like great about having it right away as long as you're doing it safely um but it's okay to like uh, it's bringing me to like it's okay to not want like your partner to be sleeping with other people as much as we try to be sex positive it's like because this is a reality of it. Like. Totally. That's like. Yeah. Yeah. Open. Honest. Communication. Yeah. 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 It's our favorite. For sure. For sure. Now that we have fully deconstructed everything doing it. <laughs> Tell us what you want to know it, about right? doing it. Da, 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 da. Um, yeah. Tell guys. Us. Thank you so much for listening. Please send us your questions, your thoughts, your concerns. Via the secret Facebook group, which we've mentioned 75 times, a thousand members strong, uh, via email at 51firstdatespod at gmail.com, via DM on Instagram, we're at 51firstdatespod. Rate, um, subscribe, review. I know I yes. say it in the wrong order than every other podcast, but we really appreciate it. Those numbers keep jumping up and it's really helpful. That's on Apple Podcasts if you're listening on Spotify. There must be something there. Give us stars or something. Just like put us on a playlist. I don't know. I don't know. Totally. Know. Also tell your friends. Um, tell your friends. Put us in your – okay. This is – okay. Since it's ending, send in your worst first dates. Send in your worst first doing it. Send in your best first doing it. Send in your doing it. <gasps> oh, my God. Will you please send in your worst first doing it? I'll <laughs> even tell mine at some point. It's really funny. Yep. <laughs> Um, not the first time you had sex. I mean, it can be, but the first time with a person. Yeah. Those are great stories. Please send them to us. Oh, my God, please. I would be so happy. <laughs> Liza, I've not seen you this excited since we talked I about I just love, I love, like, awkward sex stories. I love them. I, they're, like, some of my favorite things in the world. I'm send excited. Send them in. We'll read them anonymously. Um, I'll put out a call on the, in the Facebook group also. Yep. We're, we're the only eyeballs that see that email, except for an occasional helper who's, like, a very close person in our life. Like, for sure. Yeah. And you know what? Okay. But mm, mm, mm. so do the – we're first doing it, but what were we saying? We were saying something smart. But – oh, rate, subscribe, review. Oh, tell your friends. Tell, tell your, your friends, friends and yes. tag us or whatever. So take, yeah. take a screenshot right now since this is the end. Okay. I'm going to give you a task if you're a super fan, especially if you followed me on Instagram – to stalk day 13, which I feel like keeps happening, and I let you request me, do this for me in exchange. No, that sounds really silly, but I use, I've gotten a lot of requests, and I'm like, is this because they want to see what day 13 looks like? Which is totally chill. He's a judge. No, I've got a lot of followers, too, and I have no pictures. Okay, of okay. I think good. it's, I think, 
I think it's then I just appreciate that you're it. our internet, you're our listener friends and our internet friends, and we love you. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Sorry like that. that I never post on Instagram. <laughs> Maybe I will someday. No, it's true. Like, actually, all of my likes come from you guys. So, no, I didn't mean to sound. I was just thinking, like, it's lols if I would do the same thing. I would request a follow. He's gotten a couple of requests now. And he's like, oh, oh <laughs> who's this? Isn't this your friend? I'm like, yes, it's my listener friend. It's my internet friend. Um, yeah. But he might want to be a little more private than you, but that's like, whatever. Anyway, right now, I'm looking at my Instagram. You know, you're probably listening. Take a screenshot and then put it in your Instagram story, and we'll repost it on ours or, or promote something of yours if you want. If you promote us, we'll promote you. And yeah, thank you so much for listening, as always. And go on a date. Go on a date.